Certain key moments and experiences in the Friedrich Rebbe's life coincide with the Parashah Pinchas, which is fascinating because there is so much about the Friedrich Rebbe that is similar to what Pinchas is all about, the unique level of dedication to Hashem to the point of absolute sacrifice, as we'll discover. The original year of Yud Beis Gimotamus, 1927, when the Friedrich Rebbe was released from Soviet prison. from Pinchas were on the Tuesday and Wednesday of the Parasha of Pinchas. So that's obviously a significant date in the Friedrich Rebbe's life. Here's another one. Likewise, the Friedrich Rebbe's birthday, Yud Beis Tamas Tafresh Mem. Right, also twelfth of Tammuz, Tafresh Mem, Zakhter Rebbe, as in Yemzman, Bosman Leint in the Teddy Pash Pinchas, Binich Giborin Givorin. There, the Friedrich Rebbe writes that he was born during the time where you lain Pashas Pinchas. And Unruba de Ruba from the Murois was on Basit Mitmir, Unarumir, and then the Friedrich Rebbe goes on to make this incredible observation that many of the key elements of what had happened in his life and around him, Zaymerumus Behelim of Agile and Pashas Pinchas, are alluded to in either a more open or a more a hidden way in Pashas Pinchas. So Pashas Pinchas clearly has a link to the Friedrich Rebbe's life and to Yudbeis Gimel Tamas. Doses, in other words, as Gulosei or Navidos of Inyone Bechlal, the Friedrich Rebbe's release from prison, as well as his general avoider and even more general elements of his life, Halbanan Engim Fabun Mit Inyone Pinchas have a very clear and strong connection to Parashas Pinchas. And of course, it's, it's not just the parasha, but it's the persona of Pinchas, what Pinchas represents, what happened in Pinchas's life, all of which, of course, is represented in the parasha that is named after him. Interesting that the Friedrich Rebbe's second name is Yitzchak, which has the same gematria as Pinchas. If you add a Yud to Pinchas, a little bit later, we'll come back to that, the significance of that gematria. Like the Zara tells us, the fact that you have two names that share the same numerical value is that indicates that there's a very deep, meaningful connection and even common denominator between the two names and obviously what they and who they represent. And it's not a gematria that somebody came up with because they were doodling on the back of a paper. This is a gematria that is recorded in Torah in the Zayar, so it's obviously very significant. So another indication that there's a strong bond between the Friedrich Rebbe and Pinchas. The truth is that even the Friedrich Rebbe's first name, Yosef, has a link to Pinchas, albeit not as obvious as the link to the name Yitzchak. Because we're told that Pinchas was a descendant of Yosef. The Pasuk is Madgish. The Pasuk tells us that Elazim and Aaron, obviously who's Pinchas' father, he took a daughter of Putiel, or a girl who descended from Putiel as his wife. Says Rashi, who is Putiel? That means that this is somebody who's a descendant of Yosef who completely nullified and was uh, made, made light of his Yetzirah. Loyla that's what Elazar and Aaron took as a wife, at Pinchas, and their son is Pinchas. So there's a link between both names of the Friedrich Rebbe, Yosef and Yitzchak, and Pinchas, besides the fact, of course, as we've illustrated, that the Friedrich Rebbe's life coincides with the story of Pinchas numerous times. Now the fact is, let's just be specific here for a moment, Yitzchak, the second name of the Friedrich Rebbe, has a much closer relationship to Pinchas, because Pinchas became Yitzchak, it's the same numerical value, it's easy to see the link. 
of the Ershanam Yosef is a Shaykhus Behelem, whereas the link to the name Yosef is a little bit more obscure because you've got to know the history of Putiel being Yosef, and from that you derive that Pinchas has a, li- a link to Yosef. So we're going to have to conclude as the Shaykhus from Balagulam at Pinchas is in the avoid of that will primarily see the link between the Friedrich Rebbe and Pinchas in whatever is illustrated by the name Yitzchak. Whereas the link of the name Yosef to Pinchas and what Pinchas represents won't be as obvious as we'll explain. So let's first see the most obvious link between the Friedrich Rebbe's life and Pinchas and what he represents. The obvious connection between Pinchas and the Friedrich Rebbe's life and Avoide is in them. What is Pinchas all about? He is the icon in Judaism of zealousness, being absolutely passionate to an extreme for what Hashem is all about. As the Pasuk says, that the Ebesh attests to the fact that Pinchas stood up, so to speak, to defend Hashem in a zealous way. And this zealous behavior of Pinchas is based on an interesting tradition that says that if a person fraternizes with a non-Jewish woman in a public space, those who are zealous for Hashem take the law into their own hands. That's not a law that is recorded in any legal book, not even in the Shulchan Aruch. Nobody tells us this is what you're supposed to do if you witness such an event. Because actually the halacha is that should somebody who feels zealous for Hashem consult with an halachic authority and say, am I entitled to kill this person because of what they're doing? We will not get involved. We won't instruct them and direct them in terms of what they should do. Sorry, skipped a paragraph. Not only do we not instruct somebody that this is what you should do, go kill the person. There are many halachic views or rishonim who say that the fact is the Torah doesn't even give a green light to say, okay, you're the zealous person, go ahead and take the law into your own hands and kill this person. All the Torah does is it allows the possibility that if somebody should behave this way, they are entitled to be so zealous on Hashem's behalf. So that is a direct link to the Friedrich Rebbe. The Friedrich Rebbe was zealous for Hashem in the face of a tremendous assault on Judaism. The Friedrich Rebbe's willingness to sacrifice, to strengthen and maintain Judaism and Torah in that unholy place, Soviet Russia, which is the direct cause of him being arrested, is does given as I even for Messias Nefesh the kind of Messias Nefesh that he exhibited, was the kind of Messias Nefesh that nowhere in the Shulchan Aruch does it say is required. Nobody can instruct you, this is what you should do. The Shulchan Aruch can say, there are th- certain cases, that a person has to sacrifice themselves rather than murder, idolatry, or adultery, God forbid. But here, there's no halacha that says you have to sacrifice yourself to preserve Jewish networks of education and mikvois, etc., etc. The Friedrich Rebbe's behavior falls into a similar category of Pinchas's behavior, something that if you choose to do it, nobody's going to stop you, nobody's going to criticize you, but it's, well, we'll see later, maybe people will criticize you, but it's certainly not something that is instructed. The Ramah tells us clearly that if it's not those three cardinal sins, 
not afshar but there's a requirement to have a serious nefesh not to transgress an ordinary transgression. Or hold a positive mitzvah is nikan The shochan aruch is clear. There is no instruction to do so. Nor harushus You have the choice. If you choose to, then the Torah will endorse your choice. So there's the link. The Frida Kerber and Pinchas have similar dedication to the point of sacrifice for the Judaism where it isn't, it isn't mandated. Now, McKen Fregan, the only question is, this whole business of Pinchas having such dedication is actually not in Parashas Pinchas. The, the moment of Pinchas's mysterious nefesh is still in Parashas Bullock. This link between the Frida Kreba and Pinchas really belongs to the end of Pasha's Bullock. That tells us about the unique style of how Pinchas served Hashem, and the tremendous zealousness that he showed, the zealotry that he showed. In fact, usually, Yud Beis Thomas is actually in the week of Pasha's Bolok, not Pinchas. So we need to understand well, what is the link between Pinchas in his Avoida as described in Pasha's Pinchas to the Friedrich Rebbe. Because that's what the Friedrich Rebbe was highlighting by saying that so many events of his life, including his, re- his release from prison, are linked to Pasha's Pinchas, not just to Pinchas the person and his story. So to get there, so we have to look at what the Yerushalmi says, not only is it that Pinchas behaved in a way that is not mandated by Shulchan Aruch and was left up to his own discretion, but actually the other sages at the time did not endorse his behavior. And not only that, but they wanted to take retribution against him. When I was big say they wanted to excommunicate him. Were it not for the fact that there was a divine intervention, where Hashem essentially says, but I'm making an eternal covenant with Pinchas for him and for his children all afterwards, which kind of endorses him in the face of the sages who don't want to endorse him. From that we can, is not we can understand an even greater perspective and appreciation of what Pinchas did. The the extent of his zealotry. Because before that moment that there's this revelation of divine endorsement that says actually Pinchas was right and therefore him and his children will all be koyhanim. Pinchas was acutely aware of the fact that his behavior does not have the backing of the chachamim. Which means that the view of the majority, uh, the vast majority of Torah sages, which is obviously Torah's view, is that this behavior is not the way to behave. So that gives us a whole different perspective on the degree of sacrifice of Pinchas. He wasn't only putting his life on the line because, yes, um, Zimri could have defended himself and killed Pinchas in self-defense. But it turns out that Pinchas wasn't only willing to risk his life, he risked his neshama, going against the Chachomim. Because he's choosing to behave in a way that is not backed by the Torah community, as Bikshul and Adosa, to the extent that they wanted to excommunicate him. Look how much mysterious nefesh he has. He's not only willing to sacrifice life, he's willing to sacrifice spiritual life too. And that didn't bother him. And I'll be 
Pinchasis, what's going on over here? The Jewish people are in a bad place. Shittim, which implies, as the Gemara tells us, that a person would never sin unless they were totally corrupted by, by some foolish thinking, which is obviously what had happened to the Jewish people. Shtus, the word for thinking related to Shittim, the place where they were. As we know really well from Bossi Legani. So it's always Gibrachanam Agefa Ba'idan. And Pinchas sees the effects of this, the fact that they behave in this foolish way, brings consequences. There's an epidemic now raging through the camp. How relevant is his body, or even his soul, that he's now willing to sacrifice. If he has the capacity to still Hashem's anger against the Jewish people. So obviously he's going to sacrifice everything because he cares about Jews. That is the degree of Pinchas in his zealotry and his commitment and his mysterious nefesh. And that's what we see in the Friedrich Rebbe too. The Friedrich Rebbe not only did things that were not required, it did things that others frowned on. The only way that a person can have such immense mysterious nefesh where they are willing to risk everything materially and spiritually must mean that it's the essence of the Neshama talking. Because the essence of a Jewish soul originates at a level, a dimension which is even beyond where the Torah originates. And which therefore produces the type of mysterious nefesh that is totally beyond even what the Torah can expect of us. Something we spoke about in the previous sicha from last week. And that's why the response from the Ebrish is also something which is outside of the realm of what the Torah could expect. That they change. Pinchas and his descendants are changed from ordinary folk into kohanim. Dos that's outside of the bounds of Torah. Torah says you cannot convert to become a Kohen, you cannot upgrade to become a Kohen, but because Pinchas behaves in a way which is completely beyond even Torah's expectation of sacrifice, therefore the response is even beyond Torah's delineation of who could be a Kohen. The way that the Torah defines it, the only way that you could become a Kohen is you have to be a biological Kohen, that you inherit the position from your father. Pinchas wasn't a Koyin himself. So there's no way he could transmit it biologically to his children. But because he showed zealotry on Hashem's behalf, which means his zealotry was completely dedicated to the Abish Davidos is not dedicated to the rules of Torah, dedicated to the Abish who made the Torah. In other words, his. his aiming at a level that is even beyond the Torah itself, completely breaks the rules, so to speak, of Torah to induct him and his children forever into Koyanhud. Even though the Ebishter's Torah says this cannot happen, the Ebishter Bala Torah says it can. Oh, so now it's Parashas Pinchas that actually speaks the language of the greatness of what Pinchas did. That's where the Ebishter says that he and his descendants will always be Kohanim. Why? Because he was zealous on Hashem's behalf and thereby atoned for the Jewish people. That is the moment that exposes the unique type of dedication and zealousness that Pinchas had where he is willing to show Messias Nefesh not only in the physical sense but even in the spiritual 
spiritual sense. That regardless of the fact that in the world as we understand it, the voice of Torah is opposed to the behavior of Pinchas, and to the extent that they want to excommunicate him, he understands, you're right. Torah, as Torah is, is against us. But the Eivishter, the Rotzen Ha'ilian, the supernal will of Hashem, is in favor of this. What is Hechefon Torah? And that's beyond what Torah is. We're going to see the exact same kind of experience and behavior in the Friedrich Rebbe. First and foremost, obviously, the Friedrich Rebbe was willing to literally risk his physical life in order to keep Torah strong in Russia. But beyond that, beyond that, because it was the Friedrich Rebbe was even willing to sacrifice himself for things that the Torah does not expect us to sacrifice for. As we already mentioned before, nobody's going to instruct you that this is a case where you have to be Moise Nefesh. But it's even beyond that too. The Friedrich Rebbe behaved in a way that many of the leading Torah authorities at that time, not half-baked, real Torah authorities, they didn't understand the, the, the mode of behavior he chose. And they didn't endorse his behavior. And practically, they behaved differently. Most of them trying to get out of Russia so they wouldn't have the challenges. Very similar to Pinchas, where the Chachamim wanted to excommunicate him. This is a tremendous degree of Messias Nefesh at every step, at every turn. And as we'll speak about later in the Sicha, it also involves other people that they should be pulled into an environment of Messias Nefesh for something that the Shulchan Aruch does not require. Especially when you consider how did the Friedrich Rebbe operate. Not only was the Friedrich Rebbe willing to sacrifice himself, but he actually put his entire effort into jeopardy. Like we explained in the Sicha from last week's parasha. The main reason that they arrested the Friedrich Rebbe was because of his efforts to instill proper Jewish education in children. In other words, that means, number one, the Friedrich Rebbe was willing to sacrifice his physical life. We see that he's also willing to sacrifice his spiritual life. Everything he cared about, everything he worked for, everything he was risking his life for, he now risked. Because by jeopardizing potentially all of his other the reason the Friedrich Rebbe behaved this way and did things which logic would have said, why are you doing that? It's so unstrategic, it's counterintuitive. You're going to put your whole operation in jeopardy because you insist on for children. Why? Why was the Friedrich Rebbe worked up with such zealotry to that extent? Because he understood that this was an existential threat to the whole of Judaism. That the light of Judaism shouldn't be extinguished. And therefore, therefore the Friedrich Rebbe wasn't concerned with any limits, any considerations, any rationale when it came to the Messias Nefesh, not even what it said in Shulchan Aruch. Completely 
absolutely dedicated to preserve Judaism. And therefore, in the Friedrich Rebbe's case, very much like in the Pinchas case, after the Friedrich Rebbe was released, everybody could now realize that what the Friedrich Rebbe did was endorsed by Hashem and was this great atonement, so to speak, this great salvation of the entire Jewish people. People could now, in retrospect, identify he was correct, just like we, in retrospect, identify that Pinchas was correct when it was completely unpopular at the time and even considered to be contrary to Judaism. It became clear that that was the correct type of avoider in such a tremendously uh, extreme circumstance. And of course, the fact that the Friedrich Rebbe is released from prison is an indication that the world in its own context endorses the Friedrich Rebbe's behavior. And the only thing is there is some slight distinction between the story of Pinchas and the story of the Friedrich Rebbe because the Chilik is over. When Pinchas did what he did and we say, oh, that is the correct and the person who is really zealous for God should be the one to take the law into their own hands. Till today, that still remains the type of halacha that we don't actually advise people to follow. They have to work it out for themselves. And then we say, Rishus, you have the option. But the Friedrich Rebbe's behavior, the total Messias Nefesh, risking absolutely everything to preserve Judaism, is the Yatsam Giula given a chloro hero milmaila as does the Richtika Voida Marinke. The fact that the Abishta orchestrated the miraculous release of the Friedrich Rebbe is the highest endorsement that this is the correct way, and Moirinke, this is how we should be educating people to behave in the Jewish reality of today. And we see this practically. The Friedrich Rebbe comes out of prison. What does he do? He gets his chassidim to have the level of Messias Nefesh willing to risk everything materially and spiritually to continue the work. And they, in turn, would influence others to do the same. As we mentioned earlier, that's what's unique about the Friedrich Rebbe's Messias Nefesh is that he draws others into that Messias Nefesh too. And this is the only type of avoider behind the iron curtain that kept Judaism alive, that kept the coal burning. In a way that it was for that generation and for their descendants and a, a, an eternal covenant, as, as the Pasuk says about Pinchas. So the Friedrich Rebbe's behavior is so aligned with Pinchas's behavior, and it turns out even more so because he passed it on to others, which obviously means there's a tremendous endorsement from on high. Now, with that in mind, let's go back to the fact that we said Pinchas and the Friedrich Rebbe's names are linked as well. We said that the name Yitzchak is going to be the one that has the more obvious link, and the name Yosef a less obvious link. And in a moment, we'll see why. It's because the avoider of Yitzchak is an avoider that is much, much more aligned with this kind of absolute mysterious nefesh than the avoider of Yosef. So now let's revisit the link between Pinchas and Yitzchak. As we already mentioned, the Zohar tells us Pinchas with a Yud is the same gematria as Yitzchak. And the Zohar points out that the Yud only enters Pinchas' name after his Messias Nefesh. So that makes it an even clearer link to the fact that Yitzchak and Pinchas must have this theme of absolute Messias Nefesh. So the reason is because the kind of Messias Nefesh that Pinchas exhibits is 
the kind of Messias Nefesh that Yitzchak exhibits, and therefore what empowers Pinchas is Yitzchak in his most wholesome dedication to Hashem, which is illustrated in the story of the Akedah. So when you analyze the Akedah, you see it is also a case not only of willingness to sacrifice the physical, but the spiritual as well. Yitzchak didn't simply climb up on the Mizbech and stretch out and say, go ahead. It was a much deeper, more profound kind of Messias Nefesh happening over there, Baruchness in a spiritual sense. Why is that? First of all, there's a huge risk to do something that goes directly against a promise from Hashem, which was that Yitzchak would continue the lineage of Avram Avinu. So how does Yitzchak now risk that by saying, okay, fine, you can kill me. He should protest and say, but the Ebesha said, I am the one who's going to continue. Besides the fact that it flies in the face of Hashem's assurances to Avram Avinu that Yitzchak is going to continue the tradition, let's think about continuing the tradition itself. By sacrificing Yitzchak, everything, as the Rambam says it, that, that Avram Avinu had planted and nurtured and grown is about to die. The avoid of both Avram Avinu and subsequently Yitzchak, which was to publicize Hashem as broadly as possible in the world. And the which of course would translate into an ongoing nation called Israel, is all now in jeopardy. Because if Yitzchak is shechted, that's it. It's the end of the whole spiritual dynasty. Not only was Yitzchak willing to go ahead and do all of this, which is mind-blowing, because it's, it destroys all of the ruchnistic investment of himself and of his father, not he didn't challenge it in any way. He went with absolute wholeness, dedication, unquestioning. So that's the link between Yitzchak and Pinchas, because Pinchas and Yitzchak do the same kind of thing. They risk everything, including the Ruchnis, in order to be able to do what the Ebishna wants, without question. But, as we did mention, there is a distinction between how Pinchas behaved and how the Friedrich Rebbe behaved, and that will be alluded to in the other name of the Friedrich Rebbe. So the first clue that we get is Yitzchak is very much the same energy and the same theme and the same kind of message Nefesh as Pinchas. And that links the Friedrich Rebbe to Pinchas and to Yitzchak. But the Friedrich Rebbe also has the name Yosef and that gives us another perspective as well. What's that perspective? In order to understand it, we're going to look at a very interesting principle that's taught in Kabbalah and Hasidus about the gematria values of the name Yosef and Yitzchak and how it links into the difference between the concept of Gimel, which is the number three, and Dalit, which is the number four, because as we'll see, that one is three times a, a particular gematria, one is four times a particular gematria, and that's going to give us a deeper understanding of what Yosef represents and what Yitzchak represents and how the Friedrich Rebbe Dafka has both. So Kabbalah and Hasidus, the Alter Rebbe brings us, distinguish between Yosef and Yitzchak, and they say, Yosef is We know that the different manifestations of the name Yudkei Vavkei, depending on how you spell out the letters, will give us a different total of the gematria value of Yudkei Vavkei. So one of those is 52, it's what we call a Shem Ban. So Yosef is three times 52, and Yitzchak is Dalet Pomim Shem Ban, four times 52. 
So they clearly are related to the same energy of Hashem, but in two different ways. In order to understand what those two different ways are, we have to understand the difference between a Gimel, which represents the three times, and a Dalet, which represents the four times. That will help us understand the difference between Yosef and Yitzchak and the uniqueness of the Friedrich Rebbe. In Pashta Oisius, so the Gemara Shabbos tells us what's the link between Gimel Dalet, Gemoil Dalem, right? Gimel Dalet, Gimel stands for Gemoil, Dalet is Dalem. In other words, the one who gives or shares to or with those who are destitute. So the Gimel represents the giver, the donor, and the Dalet represents, as you can hear in the word Dal, the person who's impoverished. What's the link? What's the connection? What's the big uh, mystical secret behind this? So the explanation goes as follows. The big difference between giving tzedakah, which is in the hands of the donor, represented by the gimel, the goimel, and receiving the donation, which is dal, dalet, that's the poor person who is represented by the letter dalet, is is a very interesting, subtle concept that the one giving the money, so the process of being willing and ready to give is only step one and the introduction to the mitzvah. The mitzvah hasn't happened yet. Why? Only when the money or the donation reaches the impoverished person, the dalad, then that's when the mitzvah has happened, that's when the action is concluded, that's when you have brought light to the person, life, I'm sorry, to the person who was so destitute. So what's relevant for us is that Gimel represents the preparation for a particular process, particularly a process of moving and sharing from one to the other. Dalit represents the manifestation or the actual practical side of the process happening. So we can compare this now to any process of flow and giving from one to the other. As Gimel is in Gimel represents the preparation for this flow and connection and sharing to happen. And Vidos is Noch Baim Mashpia. Right? That's where it's still in the world of the donor, of the teacher, of the influencer. And four represents where it's already hit the recipient, it's already been manifested. And not only is this relevant in the interaction between two people, but it also happens internally within a person as well. When a person is at the Gimel stage, that means they're still getting their head around it, they're preparing themselves to be ready to do a particular activity, action, or, or mitzvah which means primarily the person is living at that stage in the world of intellect and emotions. How do I feel about this? Am I ready for it? Do I understand it? Why is it important? When the person actually does what they had intended to, what they were gearing themselves or psyching themselves up to do, that will be translated into the Dalit. The Dalit is when it's actually happened. Okay, and that's why we can, this is not just a matter of the letters of the Aleph base that Gimel precedes Dalit, but the number sequence as well. The number three is a number that represents being in the state of preparation. The number four is the state of application. How is that so? Because we could pretty much say that every process or every flow and every transmission is in three channels. Like you might say, or We'll see in a moment the example that the, that the Rebbe is going to use. On the When those three channels have actually now translated into a real practical uh, 
service, connection, relationship, pu'ula, uh, then that's then you've hit the number four. Is then you now have a fourth reality, a fourth dimension, which is the result of the input of the three that preceded it. So he has an example, but Dugma Vin Oilmas, we see this in the spiritual realms. So you have three worlds that are completely spiritual. They're all, all about flow and energy and potential and so-called preparation for the ultimate, which is the lower worlds that Hashem wanted. So the fourth reality where all of this culminates in the so-called action that Hashem intended, that is the, the world of Asiya, that is the so-called fourth dimension. So therefore the letter Gimel, the number three, generally speaking represents the sphere, the Midah of Yosoid, which is the Mashpia, the one who's preparing to be able to give. Yesod is like the culmination of the three channels, the Chochmah, Chesed, Netzach channel, and then you have the Da'as, uh, Tiferes, well, you probably first have the Bina, Gvura, Hoyt channel, and you have the Da'as, Tiferes, and then you have the Yesod channel, so it's the, the culmination of all these channels coming into a single point which can then be transmitted. Um, so basically, in, in human terms, so you've, gone, you've gone through the thought process, you've worked through the various feelings and emotions associated with the th- thought process, so now you're ready to transmit, you're ready to actually connect with somebody, or with an idea, or with a concept, or whatever it is. And Dalet represents the fourth dimension, or as we sometimes call it, the fourth leg of the divine throne, which actually allows this great potential flow to translate into something actual, something real, something tangible that can be communicated in the human context or can be translated into creation in the divine context. So that difference between the mashpia, who's preparing the process, and the makabel, who's doing the process, that is alluded to also in Yosef and Yitzchak. Vashtelen tzazamen ein shem, which together make a single name, the Friedrich Rebbe's name. On dafke basayda zay Yosef and denach Yitzchak, and specifically where the Yosef comes first. Because you need the Yosef to get to the Yitzchak, you need the mashpia to get to the practical application. Yosef is beginners, Yosef. We well know that Yosef represents the element of Yosoid. Therefore, Yosef represents the preparation, the packaging, the mindset that will eventually le- translate into action, into a, a, an, an activity. Whereas Yitzchak represents the being on the receiving end. Now you've got all the hashba, you're translating it, you're applying it. That's the letter Dalet. Which, as we said, in human experiences, translating your ideals into action. So if you had to generalize or summarize human avoida, you could say this. The whole concept of being prepared to do something is the world of Nishma. It needs to resonate with me. I need to understand it. I need to connect with the principle. Then I'm ready to do it. Whereas Dalet, which is action, action actually represents doing it, which may even be, it doesn't yet resonate and I don't yet understand it and I'm still doing it anyway. Okay, so we said that there's a difference between the Messias Nefesh, which is tremendous, of Pinchas, which is so similar to the Messias Nefesh of the Friedrich Rebbe, and yet the Friedrich Rebbe is different for a key reason. The Friedrich Rebbe is a Nasi Hador, Pinchas isn't. 
So therefore you'll see that the Friedrich Rebbe has both components in his Avoida, Pinchas doesn't. So the two names, Pinchas, and the Friedrich Rebbe's names, on the other hand, indicate that there is the subtle difference between both of them having absolute dedication to Hashem, but with a nuanced difference. Pinchas is not the Rebbe of the generation. It's not his responsibility to inspire and, and instruct people that they should go with absolute sacrifice. Pinchas is the shliach, the, he's the representative who's actually doing the work of Messias Nefesh. He's not inspiring Messias Nefesh, he's living with Messias Nefesh. The reality of a shliach is it's all about doing what you are required and expected to do. That's what's going to guide you, that's going to be your most important focus and component. So therefore, that's why, what link does Pinchas have to the Friedrich Rebbe? We said through Yitzchak, the same gematria as Yitzchak, which is four times Sheinban, the number four representing the Maise Befoil, the Naase, when all of the preparation has been handed over and is now being actually applied. Sorry. But the prep, the getting the head right, all of that which is represented by Nishba, the understanding, the resonance, that's not Pinchas' world. In fact, when you're a shliach, too much thinking, too much understanding, too much waiting to resonate can derail the process, actually. Because we say that what translates into the ultimate action was the original motivating thought process. Motivating thought process means that it's before the rest of the process, even the intellectual process happens. So the final product actually links into a level and a reality which is beyond where the thoughts, conscious thoughts, began. Therefore, because Pinchas is now tuned into what? Maise, the action, Soif Maise, the ultimate action that was the intention of the entire process, that gives him access to Machshavetchila, something that is even beyond the rational and beyond that which I understand and resonate with. The Eibishter's personal, so to speak, zealotry. Pinchas is able to connect with and live with a level that is beyond the whole intellectual process, including the intellect of Torah. So Torah says, Pinchas, you may not do this. It's really not appropriate. We think we should put you in Cherem. And he supersedes all of that and says, guess what? It's Kinei Lele Kav. It's exactly what the Eibishter wanted. Pinchas didn't have to go through the Nishma process. It was done for him. went through the Nishma process, understanding and processing and appreciating what behavior is required at this time. How do we know that? Pinchas says, as Rashi tells us, he says to Moshe, I received the tradition from you that that this is what has to happen. He didn't make it up himself. The achona was made by Moshe Rabbeinu. The framing of the principle of this kind of zealotry was taught by Moshe Rabbeinu. 
But in Pinchas's story, all of that is behind the scenes. What we see when we watch Pinchas' story is somebody applying the principle. That's what we see. The person who reads the letter has to execute its contents. In other words, he is applying the theory in practice. That's because Pinchas is a shliach. But when you're talking about the Nasi Hadar, the Tafridi Kerbo was was a Nasi. As we saw in last week's parasha, the Nasi encompasses everything about the entire experience of Judaism and Torah. And Nasi cannot only have one side of the coin. The Nasi has every element in its most complete form. The, the Nasi has perfect application in action and perfect appreciation and understanding and resonance. That's why you can see it reflected in the Friedrich Rebbe's name. Both of them. Both Yosef and Yitzchak. The Friedrich Rebbe has absolute mastery of all the intellectual, emotional preparation that has to happen for a particular mission represented by Yosef. And the application of all of that preparation into real practice to the extent of total Messias Nefesh represented by Yitzchak. And you're going to see both of these reflected in the Friedrich Rebbe's Avoida. The fact that the Friedrich Rebbe was able to motivate all kinds of Jewish people from the greatest to the smallest to complete Messias Nefesh. That's why the Friedrich Rebbe had such a multifaceted shlichus of building mikvois and setting up chadorim and sending the right people, rabbonim here, shoichtim there, moyalim there, etc. So you see the action. The action is that Friedrich Rebbe actions Judaism under threat in the most successful, effective way across the spectrum. And simultaneously, the Friedrich Rebbe is this master educator in every sphere of Torah, from the revealed to the esoteric to the most esoteric, Nishma, which is all about the intellectual and emotional process. Because he's a, the Friedrich Rebbe is a Nasi Hadar, and Nasi Hadar incorporates all of the elements that are necessary and that are important to make this happen. And that is going to give us an even deeper appreciation of the Friedrich Rebbe, his names, and the link to Pinchas. And most importantly for us, a practical lesson that we could apply in our lives. The Friedrich Rebbe had an expectation, and he demanded of his Shluchim then and now, as the Gemara says, you grab every opportunity to do Torah and Mitzvahs, like the person who's at the, the banquet, and you grab whatever food and drink you can get. Which means, beyond any long term strategies and rational approaches, in other words, the Friedrich Rebbe's primary objective is you've got to be on the same page as Yitzchak, you've got to be on the same page as Pinchas, you've got to be ready to do whatever it takes at whatever cost to keep Yiddishkeit growing. We have to step out into the world to have a positive influence on other Jewish people to engage with Torah Mitzvahs. Even those people who are not yet so-called fully prepared. 
they, the person has, I, I don't, I'm not yet holding there. I haven't yet processed. I haven't yet understood. I haven't yet resonated with those things that you now want me to share with something else, says the, with someone else. You've just got to go. You've got to do. You've got to do with complete dedication and surrender for somebody else, to help somebody else. Look at Pinchas' example. That he risked everything to help the other Yidden, that they should escape the horrible epidemic that was raging through the camp. And then and at the same time, in while somebody is reaching out and touching and inspiring another Jewish person to engage with their Judaism, it's when the primary focus is action. Because that's what counts. And we'll see a practical halachic example that the Alter brings in Tanya. The Alter tells us in Tanya, clear halacha, that having intention or thought processes does not equate with actions or even with speech. If a person went mentally through the Shema in their head, with the most powerful focused intention, they've achieved nothing in terms of obli- the obligation, the mitzvah, and they'd have to reach Shema again. Whereas if the person said the words without any intention, they would have actually discharged their obligation. So that's what the Friedrich wants to empower us to do. I might not be ready for it. Go out. The main thing is engage people in their Judaism and make sure that they engage in a practical way. Especially now that we're at the end of the period of Golos, in the end of the end of Golos. We don't have the luxury of time to wait until we've worked everything out inside of ourselves and then we'll reach out to somebody else. Because Mashiach is imminent. We have to use every free moment with complete Messias Nefesh to do and to get others to do. Especially when you consider, I'm not doing this on my own bat, I'm doing this as a representative of the Nasi Adar. Then I have packaged inside my Avoida all of the understanding, the insight, the resonance, which the, 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 the Nasi Adar, the Meshaleach, already packaged. He already did all the back, the back work, like Pinchas already had Moshe Abbeinu behind him. Right? I'm, I'm getting my strength from you. And here's the amazing part. That when I actually activate another Jewish person to actively engage with their Judaism, packaged inside that is an element of understanding and resonance that I didn't even give them because I'm going with the Koyach of the Meshaleach. In fact, that itself is alluded to in the name Yitzchak, which is the name that represents action, action with Messias Nefesh, which we said has the gematria value of four times Shem Ban. Four, we said, speaks about the Mechabel, the actual application. But still, it's not just the fourth, but the number four, Alephir, 
which includes all the number sequence that comes before it, not only the fourth step of the sequence. In other words, when I get to four, it means I already have one and two and three. In other words, by the time I get to the point of Maise Befoyel and getting others to engage with Maise Befoyel, I'm now packed in with all of the value and the insight and the wealth and the understanding of the three stages that precede, the Gimel that precedes. So when we have this absolute dedication without wasting time, without overthinking it, just to go out there and reach out and get other Jewish people engaged in Judaism in practical terms, that is the avoider that earns us Pinchas who manifests as Eliyahu Novi, the one who will herald Mashiach. And then Eliyahu Novi's job will also be Nasa, which is Vahesh of Levav Sabonim, Levonim Alavosim, going to bring it back to Judaism. It will be the fourth in a sequence of Gulas and therefore alluded to in the number four. As we know, there are four expressions of Gula that speak about the future time of Mashiach, which is also linked to the four cups of misfortune that the Ebeshter will share with those anti-Semitic nations, and corresponding to which the Ebeshter will give us, the Jewish people, four cups of consolation, and all of that should happen more immediately than we could even imagine.